Okay, so, hi, welcome to um, the first um, session of Lulu's Art Talk. Uh, so, this is the first time I'm doing this. I don't know how it's going to go, to be honest, but we'll see. Um, Lulu's Art Talk is basically a live platform that I decided to launch on Instagram to give the opportunity to people um, to actually talk about their practice, especially art students, um, and how they are dealing with the situation of quarantine. And what I hope to achieve with this is to keep the uh, art community connected, especially you know universities universities around the UK who are all in the same in the same situation. Um, and today's first talk is with Leah Roskara. Um, so I'm going to try to connect with her now. Bear with me. Um, sorry, just a second. I need to look her up. Okay. So she's, she should come up in a few moments now. Um, oh, hi! Hello! <laughs> Here she is. Okay. Hello, Leah. How are you? I'm okay. I'm a bit nervous. But good. How are you? <laughs> Me too. Me too. Um, so where are you? Tell us so where you are. I'm in my studio. Okay. Um, I think, think, well, since the university kind of had to go into lockdown and I chose to move back home because that's where I felt most comfortable and thought in this kind of a time... I prefer to be with my family um, and in doing that I kind of thought I need to create my own space and I'm fortunate enough that we do have a shed that no one uses so <laughs> uh, me and mum put on some elbow, elbow grease and kind of created a small little studio for me I can okay. try maybe and show you a little bit but kind of yeah, very standard that's great oh wow yeah. and then that's my that's like really the little like a stu um like a gallery thing I was doing so hopefully yeah. that will come in handy now that we don't have space and yeah <laughs> that's basically it and that's my table um and then that's where you are oh yeah <laughs> you're gonna sit on there thank um, you um that's great thank you for showing us your space we'll get back to that um I was explaining to people that this is mainly about how um people are dealing with quarantine so we'll definitely talk about you know you being at home how that works out because obviously there are new dynamics, you know, we usually go back home as, you know, normal people, not as art students. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. so yeah, so we'll get we'll get back to that. But to start off with, since obviously I know you very well, because we're really good friends, and we've shared a studio for four years now. It's incredible. I know, unlucky um, you, eh? I <laughs> put up with you for no. four years, no. Absolutely not. Uh, it's quite weird not to see your work all the time, to be honest. But um, for the people who don't really know you, let's, can you like introduce yourself as an artist? So tell us about your art, what you do, and what you're looking into maybe. Mm -hmm. So um, as an artist, I work uh, in between kind of 2D and 3D, specializing in sculpture and photography. And I'm particularly interested in taking a lot of influence from science um because I myself always question to what extent do the things that we see in these academic journals are 100% true because information changes all the time and where is the line between kind of fact and fiction um 
and yeah and I think one of the things that I've always been kind of looking at was the field of biology and throughout my time at university I was investigating into kind of viruses and the way that they mutate as well as other organic forms be it natural um, that I find in nature or microscopic um, and yeah and I think that that's kind of what I'm what I've always looked at and we'll go into it I'm sure but that has changed slightly since I've had to come home and I don't have the resources that I normally would have especially the, all the amazing technologies um that the university offers so yeah it's taken a bit of a turn but <laughs> it's all good yeah. it's all good it's all part of the journey so yeah okay so that's really interesting actually to you know obviously I knew that you looked at science and art together but it's quite interesting to see how you're dealing with it now because I know that you have um managed to collaborate with uh you know the science labs that we have at Vassar University um I think it was last summer or yeah, yeah. yeah last summer yeah it was correct and um so since you don't have not only art facilities but also the science facilities how are you so let's go into how you're dealing with um you know research and practice and you know how are you combining the two now that you're at home or are you yeah. still combining the two maybe you're not anymore i don't know i am but i'm taking i'm looking at it um from kind of a different angle because netflix has officially become my new best friend who's replaced <laughs> you lulu um and i think that's the thing now that we're all at home we have a really good opportunity to really dig into the books that we probably were a bit too lazy to read before maybe um and kind of look on look at documentaries and things like that so that's what i've been really doing I've been researching more than I have probably producing mm -hmm. um and the things that I do choose to produce tend to be very particular and very kind of thoughtful so because I know that I have a very limited amount of materials and if I choose to order some I have to calculate them the time that's needed for it mm -hmm. to, to kind of get here um but to answer your question how has it changed my practice um I'm because we're allowed to have our one day walk so I was able to go and pick out some little bits and pieces a uh, piece of bark I can show you here which oh yeah <laughs> which oh, is wow. really cool so yeah. um very you <laughs> yes very me for anyone who doesn't know my work my work um kind of looks well it combines the organic with the geometric um to kind of reflect um the beauty of patterns and and code actually that exists in um in the world that we probably aren't aware of but we face every single day every single decision that we personally choose to make is based on a pattern on our pattern and so is all of the um all of the plants that grow they grow in a particular pattern so basically i've gone more into patterns uh, and trying to create my own code to then manipulate the way that you perceive an object and the way that it, that it looks rather than um how I'd previously uh created works whereby I used an object and then cast it and then was able to manipulate the actual object now it's more about representing that form okay um, yeah that's really interesting it's interesting you say that because i was looking back at your work obviously these days before our talk and i picked up on something that i wanted to show so we have some visuals as well yeah. um so you made this <laughs> artwork which you also showed at the um, Viennese salon yesterday. 
and it's called what's the name again i can't remember sorry uh, black formation black formation yes and you showed us this detail which i find incredibly satisfying <laughs> personally <laughs> but basically this um this idea of patterns and structures uh, and how things work around us especially biologically um how do you think you know obviously there was a hint of this as we saw in this artwork beforehand when we were in university and you used a 3d printer to make mm. this so that's a very sort of structured and mechanical way of um, achieving what you are talking about so now that you don't have these facilities as you said it's more about um, the concept rather than mm. the actual physical visual you know obvious um, aesthetic is that correct to say do you think that would be you know that's how you're trying to take it on um yes I think I think obviously like all animals really <laughs> because we've been put in this situation we had to adapt and as artists we also had to adapt so I think it's right in what you're saying in terms of yes I can't use the resources thereby I, I've changed the way that I'm able to produce stuff and the way that it ultimately looks and that's why that piece of bark I was like oh my god yes something yeah. natural that I can use to replace the machines um so yes but there are other ways. I am looking at outsourcing okay. um, and getting in contact with um, different kind of companies to possibly fabricate work in the future. And oh. it is much more theoretical now. Um, and I know that me and you spoke about this before, <laughs> and I think you find that it's much more theoretical for your work as well, possibly. Um, and I think, yeah, that that's the thing. It's kind of trying to find alternatives and maybe really pushing your imagination that's what I would say because not only are you trying to make things work in the, like physically right here right now this is the material this is the alternative for the thing that I wanted to make but also you're trying to think ahead and possibly yeah. think okay well when the whole quarantine is over and it's kind of safe to go outside again god knows when that's going to be but hopefully <laughs> you know not too long um what what's the first thing I'm going to do? Who are the first people I'm okay. going to contact? Um, and the great thing about now, because we are all at home, a lot of the production companies, they don't, they don't they're not out there. You know, they, they don't go to work every day. So of actually, course. if you need to contact them for a specific thing, I think this is a really good time because they're probably at home, you know, working yeah. on <laughs> So that's, that's what I would say. I think take this time to think um and just dream bigger and dream better yeah always <laughs> okay so talking about going outside again right so let's take a step back before all of this happened you've done incredible things you've done so much you travel a lot uh, you love traveling um <laughs> so i wanted to talk about some of your travels so i know that you've been uh, a part of the Porth Levin prize that our university offers. And just to introduce it really quickly, it's basically a uh, residency that, um, you know, Bath Spa creative students can apply for. And we have so many different people from so many different disciplines. It's not only arts, it's also music. We've had um, people studying sound during their masters um, and things like that. And 
you know, we went there together when we were all shortlisted and then you guys got to go back. How was it going back the second time? Because obviously I've been there once. How was it being there for two weeks rather than just five days? Was it different? Did you notice more things? Um, yes. Well, I think in the first week it was all very hectic, as you probably remember. And it was all kind yeah. of, it was more <laughs> to do with getting to know the people, getting to see, you know, seeing the potential in those people, seeing if you're able to collaborate and how that would be. Are they difficult people? Are they good people? You know, so it's <laughs> trying to like feel each other out and obviously get to know the place a bit more. Um, so when I went back there, I I already kind of knew my way around in a way and definitely I mean I got to um I got to experience and learn new things mainly because we had really good schedule we had um the kind of I think her name was Sarah I'm not sure but we had a tutor from our university come down who was a dancer and she really helped us to um become freer and kind of use our body as as kind of you know our sculpture if you like and kind yeah. of move around um then we had we went to uh kind of a town and we and we saw this kind of festival um that was like local and um yeah gosh it's really bad I can't remember these names because so much happened <laughs> but it was it was what I, I mean in, in a way this is exactly you know it's reflected exactly what happened it was really jam-packed and we were all doing very you know different things uh, as well as the scheduled things mm-hmm. um, and we got to explore different kind of beachy beaches for and trying to see if our work fit within that and yeah I mean it was it was just very hectic and there were a lot of things that I noticed but um, I'm sure there are many more yet to come <laughs> that I, I really want to go back and see what else what else I can find in different ways that I can make work there again because it's course. a really beautiful place if no yeah. if anyone is interested in seeing beautiful places in England Cornwall as just a general thing is like yeah. amazing and Port Lemon is also a hidden gem I think I completely agree I loved it when we when we were there together we ate ice cream so much like every day I know and pasties thank god we're <laughs> yeah. such little fatties honestly <laughs> but yeah so um during the residency a lot of what a lot of people like these tutors that um were there with you and you said there was a a dancer there that was also um you know creating and setting up workshops for you guys which i think is really cool um but you know they really emphasized collaboration so um when i came to the actual show in the offing at uh you know in um, locksbrook campus in bath it was in, incredible because all the, almost all the artworks were collaborations. It was very, there were very few artworks which were like individual artists making them. And I found that fascinating. So how did collaborations start when you were there? Was it just getting together and getting to know whether you had the same interest to another person or was it a bit more structured? How did it work? So when we arrived, um, we gave each other our presentations and these were the same presentations that we had to present to the panel of judges who then chose out of the 15, kind of the seven who they wanted to um, give the prize to. Um, So we we presented those PowerPoints to each other and we already began to see probably why we we were mm. chosen because obviously in a way it was always kind of a competition but not really a competition you know I think everyone was was a winner in the end for that um but um we we kind of saw okay well so and so got picked that means that um you know 
they could do this, but then they can bring this to the team and all of that. So for one of the things that I was really interested in was to do with the boundary between the land and the sea. Um, mm-hmm. And I did that in very different ways. And I collaborated with Gabrielle um, and with Caroline, who's coming on next week yeah. uh, to do this interview. <laughs> and I collaborated with them in very different ways. And the collaboration was super simple. It was very, very different. And I'm really glad that I got to experience it in that way because mm-hmm. there isn't just, you know, one and one size fits all. Because with Caroline, we did we kind of spoke about it and it was probably a bit more structured. And I was like, listen, I had this idea. I know that you are kind of interested in it as well from your presentation. Do you want to do it? And she was like, yeah, okay, cool. Like I was, this is what I want to get out of it. What do you want to get out of it? And we kind of, you know, it was just very, very easy. And kind of, we spoke about it and, and she was like, listen, this is more of a, this is more of your project. So like you lead it and tell me what exactly you want. And we went to an amazing, um, um, Dollar Cove Beach I think that's what it is mm-hmm. uh, what it's called and it was so beautiful it's probably the best kind of making area and kind of scene and everything that I've ever been in because I mm-hmm. just sat on the rock and just sculpted her movement as she interacted with the sea um, so that was a more structured collaboration and a much more kind of intimate I would say collaboration where with Gabrielle I collaborated by kind of going and taking different textures that I saw uh, similarities in color so from textures that I saw in uh, on the rocks so um, like seaweed that that after the kind of sea kind of you know went in and it left kind of salt on it so it became really white and kind of crispy looking and then to kind of contrast that with kind of um, the different plants maybe that I saw on the shore or whatever so I, I created these microscopic images and then I would I sat down with Gabriel and I said, listen, how do we want to work? And he was like, OK, how about this? You show me the images and I'll respond to your images because. Um, wow. Yeah, so it was much more like that. It was like me yeah. responding to the side, him responding to me. And he said, and I'll respond to it by going collecting my own sounds from the places okay. that he collected the images. But we will do it more as a separate, separate okay. kind of thing and then we'll bring it together and I was like oh, okay cool and it worked really well and he actually turned around to me and he was like do you know what Lee it's been actually quite easy hasn't it like this project we didn't have much kind of issues it kind of I I show you I kind of made you listen to the piece and, and you kind of gave me a few notes and were like I didn't think this works or this does and vice versa and it was like sorted and yeah. I was like yeah you know so I don't think people should be um too scared about collaboration because I've I've spoken to some that have been because and they kind of told me yeah but isn't it complicated you have to be with another person who's going to share the ideas and you know all of that and I don't know I think it's it's a very it's a very personal thing you know you you you're with that person you you decide on what you kind of want to um want the work to show and how you want to split split the kind of work task and all of that and kind of off you go and I think each to their own in a way there isn't there isn't a way or for me to kind of tell you this is how it's done or not so yeah yeah yeah. definitely I agree I think it's um I mean I never collaborated properly with uh someone like you have um so to me it's a completely unknown territory (laughs) I wouldn't know where to start but it sounds really, it sounds really easy. As you say, it sounds really, it should come very organically. I think it shouldn't exactly be something natural. forced. Yeah. yeah, it should be natural. And it really showed in the artworks. The artworks 
were incredible. And there was never a moment where I was like, oh, you know, this artwork looks like two pieces put together. It was always very cohesive. Um, and I think that's what makes it strong. Um, but yeah, so talking about collaboration. So now, obviously, we are, we are all at home, or at least we should be. Um, <laughs> and we can't really, you know, see each other face-to-face -face, um, to, uh, like we would in the studio or, you know, we can't go find our cat friends like Caroline that we usually would walk up the stairs and see. So because all of this, where does collaboration stand now? Do you have any sort of um, ideas on collaborating with people virtually right now since Post Levin was such a successful collaborative, sorry, experience? Um, or do you think you're just gonna lay back, do your own thing, and then once um, everything ends, maybe go back into it? Well, I, it's, you know, it's, would you define collaboration to be, right? You know, Definitely. that was a very physical collaboration. For me, I think I'm still collaborating, and I think we all are unconsciously, but on a much more um, conversational level. Because in a way, this is, you know, a, com a, a conversation, yes, yeah. but we could if we presented this as an artwork this would count as a collaboration surely yeah. so i think i am still collaborating but not in a traditional sense and there are a few kind of projects that i'm thinking of doing but it is better to do them i think when i've when i've kind of finished and yeah. um our university in particular we they do encourage collaboration but i think for them also marking is quite difficult right yeah. when we collaborate so I think from a let's be honest so like from a from an educational point of view I'm not going to just because I don't see that it will actually add, uh, add any particular value at this point in time to what I'm trying to achieve but for mm -hmm. sure in the future I will okay and um as I was saying before, you travelled so much, you also went to Italy, my home country. <laughs> and I know you really liked it, so I'm really happy about that. So um, can you tell us a bit about your travels there? Because obviously it wasn't a residency, it was more of a self-initiated um, project that you decided to sort of go through. And you shadowed uh, some incredible artists that, you know, I read, I read about uh, on your blog in your website, which I recommend everyone to go and read because it's really interesting. Um, so tell us a bit about that. So how you managed to, you know, organize yourself and actually get it done because, you know, it's quite impressive. And also your experience there, just, you know, how it was. Mm. So I, when I kind of came to university, I already knew that I wanted to travel and kind of use whatever connections I could for me to travel during that time, just because I, I kind of thought, oh, you know, doing it after uni would be much harder, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. going into uni, I was like, okay, I'm going to travel. Um, I've always been, you know, a homebody anyway. So I was always with my, with my parents and I always, yeah, I have a really close connection to them. So I thought this is going to be a challenge. I'm going to do this for myself. <laughs> I've already experienced one year at university kind of looking after myself so I can cook I can clean I can do all of that but you know I can survive <laughs> and I and I chose to go so for the first summer I chose to go to um Venice and I would highly recommend to anyone who is thinking of traveling by themselves somewhere um especially if it's for a professional um 
thing for a professional project or whatever to go somewhere where you've been before just because you are mentally settled there already you don't feel that you are you know you're going into the unknown and if you've never even visited the country before and this is the first time that you're there by yourself I think you'll be really stressed because you're going to be super stressed there anyway right just just for the fact that you've you've you're experiencing something that you've never done before and there's no one there to help you out really because yeah yeah. so I went to Venice and um in terms of funding and stuff because I know a lot of people ask me this (laughs) and I (laughs) with money and things like that people Mm -hmm. don't tend to really talk about it but I'll reveal my little secrets. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. Secrets. Um, but the university and really any organization that you're, that you're under, they should more or less have some pot of money. So for students, um, there's a lot of different funds that you can apply to. Um, I applied to um, the International Travel Fund and the Outward Mobility Fund. And because I was doing... Uh, an extra half degree alongside my degree called global citizenship just by being accepted onto that course you were given a grant already because they expect you to travel and um, kind of widen your horizons so in terms of funding I just I, I had to apply to lots and you have to write quite a detailed kind of description of like why you want to go there how are you yeah. going to use your time who are the contacts and sometimes they even go and um, contact the people who you're going to work with and what's probably a bit unique with my with my placement there was I didn't go through any type of platform to get it so it was very as you said it was very self-initiated I contacted galleries begging them to give me contact <laughs> to the artists that I found super interesting um, and I wanted to work with and I wanted to get an exp- experience from um, and so it was really it was a really long procedure and if you are thinking of doing this especially if you are a student I would give I would give yourself like um like a year to organize it because yeah. you're going to have a lot of people that are going to be like, no, I'm not interested, whatever. So, yes. So I organized to go to Venice. I organized to go and work with two um, female painters. And basically a week before I was meant to fly out to Venice, um, one of them, co- because they're best friends, right? One of them contacted me and she was like, listen, we had an emergency. You can't come. Like there's no, we have nothing for you. We're not even going to be in Venice then. And I was, I was horrified. I was like, Oh my <laughs> God. Like, what is this? I was nearly like in tears. And remember oh, wow. this is, when you get all of this kind of stuff and before you travel obviously all of this traveling has happened in the summer and I should also note that I specifically traveled in the summer because I wanted to do it as a placement rather than a Erasmus thing where I would have to go during the semester purely because I felt I really needed that connection with my tutors right and I didn't feel comfortable living in another country adapting to another culture and and also trying to you know run with my studies as well so that was my choice for doing it in the summer but um yeah so getting that news and it was just when we were finishing our exams um and I was like I sat with my parents and I said guys like what am I meant to do like how like I'm gonna go and travel somewhere where I have I have no one to like actually mentor you know mentor me and my dad was like listen come on you can do this like it's an amazing opportunity you got all the funding you hired out where you're gonna live 
So it's already all booked. Everything is done. Like you have to do it. And I was like, okay. So what did I do? I flew to Venice. And the first week I contacted tons of people. I went and I met them one to one. I used Google as my best friend to translate everything (laughs) that I was trying to like get across. I don't speak any Italian. And I tried to learn a bit from like you and from my other friends, but it is really difficult. And I already knew that, that that was a language barrier, but no way did I expect the fact that I would have to, um, (laughs) I would have to go and try and like actually make people want me, you know, when I was there. So that was a challenge. But that's just to say that with these things, it doesn't matter how much you plan in advance, things won't happen as you'd want them yeah. to happen, right? And I think the the sooner you learn how to roll with the punches and go with the flow and essentially live the life of an artist, right? Because we don't know what the hell is around the corner. Um, yeah. the, the, better, the better, you know, you will take these. You will take them on the chin because another experience I had one, once I finished my kind of... Um, mentoring and stuff there which was just you know visiting the artist studios and um I ended up I ended up persuading the only sculptor in, on in Venice to make you know to allow me to go and um kind of help him create his work for a commissioned kind of wow. um, project thing um and he didn't speak a word in, in English but it's okay we managed and when I was there instead of just getting two people so originally I was meant to be with the with the woman I managed to get three different artists one of them was a sculpture one was a glass artist like super beautiful works and um another one was a printmaker um in Tintoretto's studio yeah so that was amazing so it's again like you go to another country it's your day there's no one looking over you you know over your shoulder so you structure them you create your schedule and you're just gonna you know go with it um and yeah and and just take take everything as it comes even if you lose your passport like I did (laughs) just before I left Venice that's an incredible story I mean I can't Mm. believe you know they hadn't (laughs) of course it's not you know if they had an emergency no one can really be blamed but that's mm-hmm. an incredible story. I couldn't, I don't know if I could have done it if I were you. I mean, <laughs> I gone, but yeah, incredible. you got to do it. You got to do it because, of course, yeah. you know, because otherwise you're going to stay home and do nothing for the whole summer. <laughs> exactly. exactly. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's incredible. And do you think, you know, obviously traveling, you've traveled for both summers during the three years of your, of university, right? So, do you think um, the fact that, I don't know when we will be able to travel again, hopefully as soon as possible, um, but especially to Italy, right? Because obviously the north of Italy has been hit, you know, has been a hotspot of this situation. Now it's much better, but still we're a bit uncertain on the future. So especially with the contacts you made in Venice, um, I think you made, uh, you shadowed an artist in Naples as well. Yeah, Marisol Benazza. Yeah, yeah. but um, are you keeping, obviously you're keeping in contact with them, but will you be able to visit them or are you, you know, going to be mentored maybe virtually this summer? I don't know. Do you have any plan um, according to that or will you just wait and see how it goes and maybe visit them, you know, next summer? Um, I think, I think for now I'm just going to concentrate on finishing my degree yeah. <laughs> and then just concentrating on myself before 
the fiasco of kind of the next year because me and you are doing MAs. So kind of preparing for that. Um, I think, to be honest, never say never, but I feel like for now I want to stop with the mentoring and just co kind of concentrate on presenting myself as an artist because why, I mean, maybe, maybe some people wonder why I chose to be mentored, right, in the first place and yeah. to do it in another country. And the answer to that would be because A, I wanted to um, learn from those specific artists because I thought they could really broaden my um, kind of knowledge and making and especially in the, um, in the areas of creating work and then creating plans for those work and then sending those plans to another country. Like when I was working with Marissa, she was doing, she was uh, exhibiting in China. So she was, and she wasn't gonna fly to China. No, no, she, she doesn't have any time for that. She was already gonna do an exhibition somewhere in Italy. So she was making plans for that. It was a lot of admin learning. And okay. that's what I, they don't really teach at university. They teach you how to become a, uh, how to become an artist, sure. And especially, I think our university does that really well. But what you don't get to experience is you don't get to experience how a successful artist works on a daily basis. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to really um, do. And that's what I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn what it looked like, what were the challenges, how did they solve them and how how did the professional side of it happen because yes you can be you can be a creator sure but there's no good being a creator if you can't sell that work if you don't know how to yeah. represent yourself and I think through through doing those mentoring experiences I learned a lot about possibly what I do want to do what I maybe don't want to do how I would <laughs> approach things differently but more than anything I probably I got a lot of confidence in myself um in in myself as an artist as well because um yeah I think you could university if you just do university it's easy to fall into your small bubble and kind of spreading your wings and flying and doing a bit more things whilst you're still at uni before you graduate is really good and it looks really good on your CV as well of course yeah. which it's is always, always a bonus for an artist <laughs> otherwise they're like what have you done um I've made stuff so you know yeah no it's great yeah no that's really interesting and again it's always a plus to have experience <laughs> out there in the real world and not being you know in the bubble that university is in a way um so before we sort of finish our first session since the time is almost up I wanted to ask uh, about now so what are you doing now um you know what kind of works are you working on and Again, you kind of answered already how your how your practice has changed, but maybe showing us something or talking through specific artworks that you're looking into and developing would be nice as well. Gosh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, right now, I think, as I mentioned before, is just trying to find the right materials. And there are certain materials that I'm using now, or at least experimenting with, that I wouldn't have even thought about had I stayed in uni. Mm. Like... Uh, using an incense stick to try and create sculptural <laughs> yes. form and then photograph it. Yeah. Um, and it was your latest really... post, right? It was yes, your latest, latest I think, post. I think I have an image here to show people really quickly, but this is one of the images mm -hmm. that you made, I think, with the smoke, with the incense. Yeah. 
amazing beautiful but yeah sorry I interrupted go on (laughs) yeah no so yeah so using materials like that which I wouldn't have used just purely because I wasn't allowed to have it where we lived so, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I can have it here because it's my own studio and I can do whatever the hell I want. That's great. So, yeah, so using unconventional materials like that has been really useful. And with something, with that particular work, I was um, exploring using the semi invisible, right, mm, to okay. create something visible just because of my previous use of microscopes right to kind of kind of look at the structures and stuff like that I was trying to use use a material in a more abstract way and that's what I'm really doing now um what else am I doing it's a bit it's a bit all over the place (laughs) just because I've been researching so much um but uh, I'm looking into into kind of space Mm -hmm. so kind of uh, the way that um planets kind of yes they're formed but the gravitational field that's around them that's really interesting and the, and okay. the collision of things uh the kind of the fusion element that's quite that's kind of one thing that is sticking out to me um mm-hmm. but ultimately I think it's just exploring and really really teaching myself through my own making I think yeah. more than anything um, because as an artist, my process is not really based on a very clear pathway of, okay, this is my project, it's going to start here, this is my research, and this is my final piece. Yeah. Sometimes it sometimes it does, but not in terms of having the exact idea of this is the material and this is the specific detail within it, but more in terms of, okay, so roughly I want it to be propped up because I want people to view it from different sides. Okay, cool. Yeah. But apart from that, the material what that form is going to be like is all in the making um yeah, yeah but it's mo- it's mostly it's mostly just looking at the patterns and coding and working out the logistics of possibly creating these abstract sculptures on a larger scale through fabrication that's what yeah. I'm kind of doing it don't know if that's yeah. as an exciting answer as you wanted but no it is because yeah. I, mean, I think what I think as well I mean obviously I'm working as well right now at home actually in my sister's home in London but yeah at home basically and um what I find interesting is that as soon as this whole situation happened and university closed and everything I was panicking so much because how many times do we have an idea go into the studio and just try it out with different materials and then we see what happens right that's how it works more or less um and I thought oh now that I'm at home I need to really think about what materials I order online I really need to think about you know what I want to do make a thousand drawings a thousand (laughs) diagrams and then make it um but actually I think even though I don't have the space uh, to be super messy as I normally would be, maybe still keeping that playful um, sort of method of making or process, Mm. I think is still necessary to us because that's the freedom of where art happens. Um, I mean, that's what I find with my practice a lot. You know, I have an idea, I start making it and then actually it does something completely different and that's what I wanted all along maybe unconsciously um so I think that's one of the major things that possibly most artists have to deal with right now or at least artists who don't have a studio like us Mm. art students (laughs) but um but I think yeah I think it's really interesting and I think that everything you've said everything you've shared with us today was really helpful and really inspired it at least it inspired me a lot so hopefully inspired all of our viewers
but um, I think we're out of time. So I'm so sorry. We need to close this conversation. I was really interested. Okay. Yeah, thank you for, for having me. <laughs> so thank you so much for being the first person to be in Lulu's Art Talk. Um, I'm honoured. <laughs> yes. And for everyone who's listening, if you, you know, if you um, want to rewatch this video, it will be saved. Um, and there will definitely be a link to Leah's page. So if you want to go see her artworks, feel free to do that, obviously. And we'll see each other soon, hopefully, Leah. I really yeah. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully we'll see each other soon. And thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you. Bye. <laughs>